wake up Friday, May 19th, 2017, and it's The Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's show is brought to you by Squarespace. Whether you need a landing page, a beautiful gallery, a professional blog, or an online store, it's all included with your Squarespace website. Creating a site with Squarespace is easy. You can add and arrange your content and features with a click of a mouse, and you can use one of their best-in-class online stores and award-winning templates, customizable settings, and more, all without a single plug-in. It's super easy. Here's what else I'd like to say about Squarespace, because I've been waiting for us to get to talk about it again. Yeah. Here's what's interesting. You know how like with some things that just work perfectly, you can't get under the hood and mess with it too much because right. they like... The cool thing about Squarespace is I have run into some very complex technical issues with the Squarespace site that I manage. Yeah. You can get like deep into the code and all of that kind of stuff and mess with it. If you want to. If you want to, but you don't have to. But I like I appreciate that because it's still like yeah. still working. It's the best of both worlds. Right. Right. I can get in there and almost get to the zeros and ones. And they're pretty cool. They're just like your website is your website, but at the same time they're not gonna let you destroy it. You can even add a custom domain to your uh, Squarespace website. They include it for free when you sign up for a year. Right now, Squarespace is offering relevant podcast listeners a special offer. You can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code RELEVANT to get 10% off your first purchase. There you go. 10% off. That seems enter like... offer code RELEVANT. Why wouldn't you? I use it. Yeah. Uh, Squarespace, set your website apart. Oh, I like it. Well, like I said, I'm your host, Cameron. Here with me in our Orlando studios, Eddie Big Cat Coffles. Man, it's nice to see you. Okay, this is, this is going to be weird. Over there on the ones and twos, our stand-in producer. Actually, can I can I change that? John David Snavely. I feel like our <laughs> just our producer. Oh yeah. I feel like I I love Chandler in a yeah, way, yeah, yeah. but he's always been the stand-in for what I felt like was really JD's rightful mm. throne. Yeah. Uh, our creative, <laughs> our creative director John David Snavely, uh, John David Harris is uh, <laughs> filling in today because <laughs> oh. Chandler has mono the kissing disease or mm. strep throat or something. Either way, it's either the way, thing. they're both very contagious and I'll let the listener speculate wildly about yes. how he contracted. <laughs> That's what I've been doing all morning. Over there on the uh, Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And our 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 special guest host today will be revealed soon. Yeah, yes. we can't it's too exciting. I got to tell you, I barely slept last night because of this. Granted, I had it's a, a big coke, deal. I had a Coke Zero pretty late. It's a big deal. But yeah. um, granted, pretty... I had strep throat. But uh, right. anyway, no Ch- Chandler uh, d- uh, texted this morning uh, that he wanted to be able to come in, and 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 knowing that Jesse and and I probably wouldn't believe him. He mm-hmm. sent, he photoed a uh, took a picture of the doctor's <laughs> note and sent it, which Jesse immediately pointed out via text was clearly a, f- a forgery. Damn. <laughs> here's what made me here's what made me uh, realize so quickly it was a forgery that he felt the need to do it in right. the first place. Right. It's not like we were it's okay, here's the thing. It's not like we work at the the, the Ford plant or something. Right, right. Like this big media company. You are his blood relative and I talk to Chandler these days, all the time, like on a personal level, I don't need, if he tells me he has strep throat, went to the doctor, I believe him. The fact that he needed to send the note was instant confirmation that he'd been up all night forging, <laughs> poorly forging this thing, by and, the way. And I don't want to get into what he actually has, right. but it is syphilis fraught with controversy. Oh, well, and, I mean, and, Cameron, let me say this. As a as someone who has, for various reasons I don't want to get into, been forced to forge my share of legal documents. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, I can spot one a mile away. Right, and yeah. uh, this was this was just this was just. I mean, poor. the doctor's was, name on it was Doctor Shelley. 
Yeah. 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 Which, yeah. first of all, who goes by their first name? Well, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. And maybe it was Roberta Shelley. I understand That's that. That's It could have been her last name. But I think, Cameron, you know what happened? He was, he was like uh, typing it up and was like, I need a doctor's name. Doctor, doctor. And he saw like a, the conch shell on his, on his bookshelf. He's perfect. Dr. Shell Shelley. That's <laughs> right. it. That's the doctor. Uh, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, very controversial show. Rob Bell is joining us. Mm. Oh, I, I don't want to qualify. Oh, we don't, don't have to. Everybody's like, yeah. why do you have to qualify Rob Bell? Well, we don't anymore. We're proud to have him as a guest. He's a good yeah. person. He's a brilliant I, thinker. But to be fair, his book is called, is called What is the Bible? Like he, I think he's leaning into the whole provocateur thing. I don't think he's got an issue with that. What is no the problem? Bible? Yeah. Love wins. Isn't it's really what is the Bible. What is the Bible? See, it's about what word gets the enunciation. Did he lowercase or uppercase the word Bible? Uh, well, the way he writes, everything is lowercase and, <sighs> and multiple line and no punctuation. Doesn't even trust the inherent inerrancy of scripture. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is capitalized, at least in my notes of this. Uh, Rob Bell is coming up later. And also, we are bringing you an excerpt of the debut episode of the Red Couch podcast with Propaganda and Alma. I can't wait for this. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I can't wait. Shauna's show was awesome. I love it. I can't wait for props. So he, they will have guests join them throughout the season, but uh, this first episode is just he and Alma. And so right, they are the guests on this week's show. Yeah, they're yeah. the baseline. It's yeah. going to be them, which is all you need, but they'll not have other people on. So that's exciting. So Rob Bell and Prop and Alma. It's a good show. It's like Prop's yeah. not sitting in today for the whole show, but we, we still have him. Yeah. The big reveal, other than that, the big reveal is our There's guest more. host, our guest host for today's show. It, um, you know, uh, a while back, we had an intrepid uh, entertainment reporter named Tyler Huckabee. <laughs> I love, and, I love and him. He, he went out on assignments throughout the year that's to right. various hot spots blockbuster awards cultural happenings and he would bring us the breaking celebrity news beat and if you if you're a long-time listener you remember the celebrity news roundup yeah the um here's what happened a couple of years ago he went off on an assignment but didn't (laughs) tell us we hadn't we didn't know what happened and all of a sudden no one thought to look either yeah, we just kind of found new co-hosts. Like, just kind of, we never knew where Calvin. We don't know where Calvin and is. And now, on May nineteenth, two thousand seventeen, <laughs> it's time for celebrity news. Celebrity news. Celebrity news roundup. Tyler Huckabee is back. Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> it's been. I, you wandered out of the office in in the year two thousand fifteen yeah. to do uh, a new. About a 90-second segment of Celebrity News at Roundup, and we were all shocked to get the news that you were finally ready to file this report. It's, oh, I'm excited, but I'm, a, I'm also a little confused, as is Cameron and Eddie. Are you okay? Oh. What a time I have had. <laughs> the sights, the smells, the glamour. Thanks for letting me come in like a wrecking ball for the first time since 2014 instead of consciously uncoupling from me. (laughs) I know these delays can make you guys a bunch of mad men. Uh, So I appreciate appreciate you letting me back to being all about that base, but that's (laughs) not my business. Tyler, wait, these references... they're not. They sound. They sound a little like they're from the year 2014. <laughs> yeah, and 15 maybe. I mean, it was in the zeitgeist for a little bit, but it, it has been an adventure. And I admit, <laughs> I am not as up on current 
popular culture events as I'd like to be. But oh man, did I come back with a scoop for you guys. As you know, I've been away on a top secret celebrity news scoop trying to land an interview with the infamous Matthew McConaughey. (laughs) As we all know, Matthew McConaughey's career has seen better days and has recently hit a dead end after a slew of misguided rom-com roles that went belly up on the silver screen. His failure to launch a career serves as a warning to actors everywhere. I went off to Matthew McConaughey's private island getaway in the middle of the Pacific Ocean <laughs> to ask the tough questions. So that's where you've been. Okay. What are your regrets? Oh. Can your career be saved? Why aren't you opening up the cargo hold on this ship? <laughs> These are the questions I've been screaming and scrawling into the strips hole with my fingernails every day, 24 hours a day for the past three years. And it has been illuminated. <laughs> hey, did you guys know that you can eat suitcases? <laughs> That's just one of the fun, <laughs> of the fun celebrity news tidbits I picked up on this exclusive sneak peek behind the curtain of one of Hollywood's biggest failures. Matthew McConaughey has Matthew McGonaway from oh, a once sterling Hollywood career oh and also from his private island, apparently leaving nobody behind to even check on one of his boats besides the vulture circling over. <laughs> will matthew mcconaughey ever recover no will i ever recover also no will i ever be a stowaway on a celebrity's private boat in an attempt to land an exclusive interview with a former star yes just as sure as there will definitely be a sequel to johnny depp's hotly anticipated comedy mort Decai. that's off my scoop guys i appreciate you letting me come on to share this thing i've been working really hard on for the past couple of years Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. <sighs> well, that explains so wow. much about where Tyler's yeah, been. Well, Tyler, you know, we're, we're glad to have you on. Uh, thank you for coming back and filing the report. You know, yeah. we, we also yeah. want to invite you to stay on for the whole show. We were worried. Well, I'd be happy to. And I was thinking, we can talk about this later, but I was thinking maybe cover of the mag of the print magazine with that one. And <laughs> yeah. there's some scoops in there. For sure. <laughs> Man, you really? I have some photographs. Uh, they have- are not of Mr. McConaughey, but, but they are they are something to see. Oh the Lord. inner working, the inner workings of a, of an abandoned yacht. I can't wait to see <laughs> <laughs> a slowly deteriorating, slowly resting over yacht over the course of the over the course of three years. It's good to be back, guys. Uh, do I ask how how did you finally make it back from the uh, the island? Did somebody finally go visit the house or? Um, rust works a lot faster than you would think on a private island with all the rain and the storm. Eventually, you can just kick your way out of. You can just kick down the door. Oh, eventually, yeah. hey, that's good. That, that's the easy part. It's the getting back to civilization that ends up being that. That yeah. took well over half of the actual filing of this report. Yeah. I will say it does speak a little bit to kind of your whole new look because uh, it is very Tom Hanks mm, and it's very Castaway. Right before he gets off the island, it's well, like if Father John Misty right. had a boat, right and was set adrift. For those of you that can't see Tyler, it's a pretty... Well, look on Instagram. Yeah, it's that's, a... Yeah. That's one way to do it. Yeah, right. Easiest. It's a sizable beard um, that it appears it's to... Like have, a dirty beard? Yeah, like a measure of maintenance. Yeah. Hair is pulled back yeah, in... because they're trimmed beards. ponytail. There are large beards, thick beards that people trim and right. groom. Then there are beards like Tyler's. Yeah, how's your life going, man? 
I'm, I would love, I feel like I can be honest with you guys on this. <laughs> okay. On this, but I'm, I'm kind of angling for my own podcast spinoff here. Yeah. Uh, just called recovery. Oh. <laughs> that's what I'm looking for. That's going to be the next stage of my professional career. I think Tyler, Tyler, when you were developing your current look, did you, did you have any role models that you were modeling yourself after? <laughs> I, I, yes, but they're never the ones that people guess. So it's not like not, you were, I just assume you're watching the big Lebowski. Yes. yes. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> it's like the dude I, with a beard, a, a haggard, a haggard homeless beard. It's that you sound, you guys all sound collectively like my wife right now. <laughs> it's like, it's like a pot, like, like finds it to be atrocious. Yeah. Like 100%. Today, if I were to ask her to marry me, the answer would be no. No, absolutely. 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 But, but now that she's made the commitment, you can formally let yourself go. Yeah, well, isn't that no. why like now that you're in the covenant of marriage, there's nothing preventing isn't you. Isn't that why all fully. newlywed guys get fat? I mean, yeah, you just you're, you're like, like, oh, bah. sweet, got it. Yeah, we're the fine. Game is, the game is up. You're starting a new game. Right, <laughs> right. You're leaning on those vows. Yeah, the new game is combating heart disease. It's just fending <laughs> out. Everything else is fair game. Cosmetically, the slow march of type one diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said for better or for worse, yeah, what were the parameters on that? That's yeah. what I'm trying to figure out. It's my own little private game show. It feels like you weren't thinking about this, <laughs> Tyler. It is good to uh, it's good to have you back. Like yeah. it's good in a way, yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm concerned for you, but at least you're like under watch. Yeah, you should yeah, be yeah. concerned for me. Yeah, it's but I'm good. home. Yeah, I'm in Nashville. Yeah, where I, you know, there's good people here. People yeah. are keeping an eye on me. Yeah, yeah. Say hi to Chad for us. <laughs> Twenty, actually, uh, ironically, twenty four seven. They're keeping an eye. On me. <laughs> <laughs> Court ordered supervision. Yeah, so. I got I'm good. Great. Never been, never been better. And my parole officer can confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving the show along, uh, it's gonna be a fun one this week. Uh, it is time for our weekly look back at culture and entertainment. It's time for. In case you missed it. Well, uh, in case you missed it, a live production of Jesus Christ Superstar is coming to prime time. You know, there's been that trend of like Peter Pan, Hairspray, The Wiz. Yeah, you, yeah. You, this seems up your alley, Eddie. I I don't know. Like I I watched them. They're fine. I liked Peter Pan. I thought that one was really good. Yeah, but, but like, I, just music. I mean, aren't you just glad in general that musical theater is 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 playing yeah. live? A on new generation TV really can experience yeah. your love language. I really like live TV. Yeah, live variety shows, all that live. Oh, stuff, so. there you go. Well, yeah. a, a live primetime version of Andrew Lloyd Webber's rock opera will air uh, the evening of Easter Sunday, 2018, next year. Who's in it? Uh, the original 1970 musical, which is based on a very loose interpretation of the gospel story and the crucifixion of Christ. So in good theming with today's uh, podcast, um, <laughs> it was extremely controversial at the time. It, it was even banned in South Africa after its release. The story is told from the perspective of Judas. And uh, as with many entertainment industry takes on Bible stories, it was criticized by some uh, for being blasphemous. I don't know who's in the new one. Um, yeah, I don't think they. I don't think they've officially cast it yet. But I think the bold move on NBC's part, like from a marketing perspective, it, yeah. it, it works really. It's you know intuitive to have this live on the evening of Easter Sunday. But I mean, that's arguably you know the most holy day in the Christian yeah. calendar. You know, I've, I have no real opinion. Of I think the, somebody, the yeah, somebody over there just said, oh, Easter, Jesus, religion, live musical. They don't really realize that this was a controversial blasphemous one right. to, like, to the hey, devout. Have you guys ever read this? Yeah, no. They're like, oh, <laughs> no. We shouldn't have announced Jesus that. is in the title. Yeah. Yeah. So Who how did you guys cast as musical Jesus in this? I know. Any, any I, hot takes there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about... Because I got mine. Who? Who? 
Father John Misty, man. That's what I was thinking. Father John Misty would be, this is right up his alley. This is a win. This is a win across the board for him and for NBC. Wow. I would like, um, guy that's so awesome that should have played James Bond. He was in uh, Idris Elba? Yeah. Oh. That's who I want. But is Kenny Sing? Oh, he can sing. He had a musical career for a little bit. Yeah, he can sing. In my heart, he can sing. He's got some some funk. Yeah, I think it'd be a different spin. I'm down. In case you missed it, uh, this week, Bono said that he thinks Christian music needs more honesty. Oh, he that's who's going to play Jesus, isn't it? Bono. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's a little bit older. That's than the too Jesus much more than a lot. That's Kevin Max. That's not Bono. They're all the same. Oh, okay. Don't you do. Uh, the YouTube frontman <laughs> appears in a new video from Fuller Studio, and he wonders why so many heavy themes found prominently in the Psalms are missing in modern Christian music. Here is a clip. This morning as an exercise, I went into the Psalms of Ascent and I broke them down into different things. I I was amazed when I came up with You know, you've you've got some peace, some protection, some to a city, some for mercy, some of thanks, some of security, some of laughter, (laughs) some of hubris, who'd expect that, some of fun, some of rage, some of tears, some of humility. Song of searching, okay. song of unity, and it's fun with song of blessing. Oh, okay. That's just the songs of Right. They had utility. And why is it in Christian music I can't find them? I w- would really like this conversation to unlock some artists. Sure. Because I think there's trapped artists. Yeah, well, I agree. And uh, I'd like them to be untrapped. You know what's weird? Come on now. I, yeah. I hear what, what he's saying. What would be the, one good thing? Can I just do a data joke? Sure. All right, cool. Uh, the cool now, thing, now's the appropriate time. Yeah. While we're, while we're, while we're letting Bono's depth about the scriptures sink in, please tell an irreverent joke. Eddie. Okay, no problem. The weird thing was, is when I turned on my phone, it was already there in iTunes. I didn't have a choice. That clip? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty dated. YouTube. Tyler's dying right now, though. <laughs> <laughs> Four years ago, call it once. It's YouTube joke back. Um, uh, the, the clip uh, that you just heard is from Fuller Theological Seminary's new series, Beyond the Psalms, which features conversations about the Old Testament uh, book between Bono and assistant professor of theology and culture, David Taylor. Bono did a, a thing with Eugene Peterson with Fuller as yeah. well. They, they're doing neat content, and a lot of it's about Bono. Yeah. So that's really great. Yeah. yeah. If Bono uh, was uh, playing Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar, what would it sound like again? That's too much. Like, you know, just all whispery and airy and boring. Eddie, I have to be honest. I have, when you say, you know, after hearing that, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm very, very confused about what are you really going for. But that. now my world's upside down. <laughs> uh, in case you missed it, uh, this week, John Christ, our buddy John Christ and Aaron Tuning, um, they, they want to help nerdy pastors in their new video, Swag Seminary. Uh, these are the guys who did the, the Church Hunters videos. Oh, yeah. uh, John was on the show a couple weeks ago. It was hilarious. Um, and, and so this is a new faux promotional clip for their program that turns out out-of-touch church leaders into hipster Christian celebrities with the help of fashion advice, a crash course in pop culture references, and pastor-themed vitamin supplements. <laughs> Here's a clip of their new video. Let's hop on your social media. Let's, Let's take a look at that. There's a lot of things we can improve there. Doug, look, you posted an Instagram at a Kroger, okay? Oh, bad news, Doug. You don't shop at Kroger anymore, okay? Whole Foods and Trader Joe's is where you're going to live. Outdoor farmer's markets photos do so 
well for your new brand. Tuck, we gotta hook you up with a personal trainer. Are you a member of a gym? It's real simple, okay? What we start with is the non-denominational multivitamin. That's just gonna give you a little bit more pep in your step, a little bit more energy on Sunday mornings. If you wanna go a step up from there, we have the Gross Shell Gummies. What that's gonna do for you is give a little more tone in the shoulders, make those sweaters fit a little tighter. Now, if you wanna go all the way, Furtick food. I don't know, guys. I just want to preach. And you will, but first, hair makeup. Doug, you're wearing a polo shirt tucked into your khakis. <laughs> Are you speaking at a golf pro shop? <laughs> Tiger Woods, you not? I'm gonna untuck it for you. We're gonna start there. Okay. First of all, the length of the shirt is a problem, okay? Here's what we're gonna do. You see this line right here? That's a swag pastor state. We call it the straight and narrow. <laughs> you know, the funny thing about uh, John's videos is like, I know I'm gonna watch them, but I hesitate to click because I just know part of me is gonna... Your, your, um, your safe internet filter, your accountability filter. Oh, oh yeah, that blows up. I have yeah. to... Yeah, I have to Take really subvert down. the process, but like I just know it's going to be a little too right and, a, and like a piece of me is going to die. And I was just watching this and I'm like, oh, oh, it's not really jokes. It's actually all true, even though it's funny. Yeah. And okay. yeah, there you go. Well, in case you missed it uh, this week, it came out that Kendrick Lamar is officially the best reviewed artist of the 21st century. Yes. So using data from the album review aggregation site, Metacritic uh, courts analyzed all modern pop music to determine who the best reviewed artists of the last 17 years are. And by a wide margin, Kendrick took the top spot, averaging a 94 on a scale of up to 100 for his three albums. Other notable entries on the rankings include Sufjan Stevens at number four, Kanye oh. West at number five, Arcade Fire at number seven, Bon Iver at number 12, and The Roots at 14. Oh, wow. That's a pretty that's good. Yeah. All, yeah, the, all of the top 20 albums had an aggregated review score of at least 86. And for context, um, Nickelback's career score is... Uh, 51, which I think is a lot higher than it should be. But yeah, really I mean, generous. if you're in school and you get a 51 on a test, like that is, uh, right. you know, definite. That's that's a hard F. Yeah, right. You're, you're it's a hard F, but that means like, and doesn't that mean like more than half of the critics out there like Nickelback? Yeah, that's like a. You're, yeah, that's really. But they're not zero answer. sum, right? Like it's yeah. not yeah. like they they're getting like you're it's talking not, like they averaged out. Right. 30 points. Somebody, some one person gave him an 80 who just like really loved Nickelback and that bumps yeah. the score up probably. Yeah, well, I think it includes Canadian websites. Oh, yeah, well, that, that's, that's the problem. Oh. If you filter those out, it's, uh, you know, oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's in the negative somehow. There you go. Hey, in case you missed it, uh, now The Rock says he might want to run for president. Why not? Uh, the former pro wrestler who has become one of the world's biggest action movie stars uh, was asked about his political aspirations by GQ, specifically if he'd ever run. Sure. And uh, his answer was, quote, I think that's a real possibility. Yeah, why not? <laughs> He's the people's president. Yeah. Uh, so that echoes a response he told Vanity Fair when asked the same question last year where he said, I wouldn't rule it out. Um, and so what he said to GQ, he said, a year ago, it started coming out more and more. There was this real sense of earnestness, which made me go home and think. Let me really rethink my answer to make sure I'm giving the answer that's truthful and respectful. I don't want to be flippant. Um, so just as a reminder, though, in the film uh, Idiocracy, a future United States is ruled by a <laughs> muscle-bound former wrestler who is also named Dwayne. Um, uh, but, but, but when would an entertainment show like that ever translate <laughs> into reality? That could never happen. <laughs> could never happen. How so, crazy would that be? No. Here, here's the, the, the crazy... Well, th this is the curious thing about this. is like, look, Rock, The Rock or Dwayne The Rock Johnson is like a, a beloved movie star right. by, by, by audiences around the globe. Yeah. Right. But it's like... 
it, one, whenever someone enters politics, the, the, the people will, it, it's surprising how fast uh, other people will turn on him. But what's interesting to me is The Rock is a registered Republican, and he spoke at the 2000 uh, Republican National Convention, right? So, I mean, he's been active in conservative politics. My question is this. Would if he became like the next Republican nominee for president, <laughs> would conservative Christian leaders like the Jerry Falwell Jr.'s who got behind who get behind, uh, you know, uh, a lot of conservative politicians, would he go arm in arm with The Rock? Because that to me would be the most interesting twist in this to see The Rock speaking at Liberty University or or whatever. Like I, I'd be interested to see how like that type of conservative would react to a Rock presidency. Well, I mean, I it, I, I think they've proven Christians have proven that they don't care who the person is as long as they get certain legislation committed yeah. to. You know, they they I so I think they would gladly link arms with whoever will give them what they want. Wow. But if if Dwayne Johnson is running against <laughs> an incumbent you. President Trump, do you think that people would flip over to Dwayne the Rock Johnson, who have been like some Christians who have been a little bit iffy on some of Trump's policies and be like, well, the rock doesn't seem as bad. So then you have like an <laughs> just, honest just think, just think about that though. Because it's <laughs> not that far it's not that far outside the realm of possibility that cool. in a few years that the a major political party in the United States of America, the two leading candidates would be Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Donald Trump. Like, I'm not saying anything about them individually or their politics, but that is insane. Well, I don't, like, well number one, there's no way if there's no way a, there will be a Republican run against Trump. I mean, you if you're the incumbent president and can run again, you run again. I mean, I've never typically. seen uh, you know a party typically split that's like the case. that. Yeah. We're living yeah, in wild times. That's true. Yeah, we are living in wild times. That's true. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, this is Reagan. I mean, Reagan was a beloved popular actor who was a conservative, you know, a economic conservative and, and ran and won in a you know, landslide. Yeah, but he was a governor first. But, but, but great. So maybe so go get, The Rock needs to be a governor. Well, I mean, but I, our current the, president didn't. Right. The, yeah. He skipped a I, step. I, I guess my thing <laughs> is the, his lack of qualifications to be a president. I have nothing against The Rock. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I've... I like the Fast and Furious movies. It's nothing against them. It's just like now the people entering into politics, it being political or having like military experience or, or you know, some of, or even, you know, up to now, I think almost uh, most presidents have had a law degree or something, you know, from somewhere at some point in their life. It just seems now that the, the primary barrier of entry is it may be level of fame coming in, even if that fame is unrelated to legislation or politics. And it, it probably says something too, that as much as I try to stay above the, you know, I, I try not to let be affected by, by politics. We all try not to be, we try to keep a cool head on our shoulders. It says something that I hear Dwayne Johnson might run. And my initial thought is like, oh, he seems all right. He's nice. <laughs> the question, the question, like those movies. He seems smart. The question no one's asking is how we're going to be with Hulkamania as VP, right? Because that's the real. I mean, I think we can all get our heads around the Rock. He's right. the yeah. best, and we're all going to vote for him, and he's t- totally the coolest. Yeah. But do it's, you want another professional wrestler a heartbeat away from but, the? Yeah. From the, <laughs> the, the, no, the, problem, the problem with like Hulk, Hulk being the vice president is that we already know that he. 
he'll flip sides. I mean, he'll he'll go oh, he'll he go rogue. He'll, on go, you. he'll do a heel turn. As yeah, he'll say. go rogue on you. You don't want now, that. Eddie. What's more likely is we're looking at a Vin Diesel. We're looking at the the Rock yeah. Diesel car. Oh, trust me, uh, they are in a feud. No, you can't do the Rock and Vin Diesel. That's like a Russian nesting doll. It's the same thing, just a smaller shape. Right, right, right. You can't have two of the same thing. Yeah, you need some. You need somebody else. Who's somebody else in the Fast and Furious? It's ludicrous. I think it's Luda. It is Luda. My money's on Luda. I would vote for that ticket. I don't even. You would vote for the Rock and Luda. Ludacris is great. <laughs> you know, I would no. You need you need somebody who augments the what the rock. So so if you can smell what the rock is cooking, yes. you need you need somebody who is going to like fill in the gaps or, or round it out a little. What about bit. there? Are, M- M- Michelle Rodriguez or something. There it is. Rodriguez. That's yeah. a really that's a three dimensional yeah, well, ticket. Why are we doing a two man ticket? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Rock Rodriguez. Can you smell what America's cooking? Done. Love All it. right, well, uh, that'll do it for you. In case you missed it. Stay tuned. I'm next. Slices. Lead me through the night. Pull me from the water. Hold my head as something turns to me. Turns me into you. to the war on drugs the song is thinking of a place uh, at the beginning of the podcast you heard current swell with it ain't right that that current swelling you have it ain't right it is not right uh, okay it's time for slices what do you have jesse all right i uh, i know we're running behind but i have a two for i'll keep both Ugh. relatively quick but you don't both have to of these say that you I always bring discuss you always bring two slices just do it <laughs> okay, so a man in Austin by the name of Brandon Vesmar has filed a lawsuit against a, a woman who has asked to uh, remain unnamed uh, after the two went on a date. So uh, Brandon took this young woman. I don't think this see- isn't a joking matter, man. I mean, yeah, dude. lawsuits after a date. This feels moderately inappropriate. Well, let me explain what the, this lawsuit entails. He took her to see the film Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I've never seen those movies, but they're good. It, during the film, uh, this young lady took out her phone and began texting her friends. Uh, Wait, Brandon. On a first date? On a first date. Why, well, first the of movie, all, though, first so it's not all. like when they were at the dinner table. Why would you take somebody to a movie on a first date? In a first date to like talk and get to know the person and not stare quietly at a screen together. I mean, it's I mean, fun. I you know, I don't know, I don't know what preceded the the the, the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, they had probably so possibly just, they had a dinner. They just went to Olive Garden. Oh, yeah, they were for, going... for, for the purposes of the lawsuit, for okay. the purposes, for in the eyes of the law, they went to the movie. That's okay. what's important. Gotcha. Right. Uh, uh, so he he polite he says he politely asked her to please stop texting, um, uh, and then she she kept texting. She, he said, if you're going to do that, please go outside and do that. She did go outside and left and never came back. She also drove that night and left Brandon abandoned at the theater. So he has filed a lawsuit for $17.31, the price of her ticket to see this film in 3D. Um, yeah, Brandon is a man of principle here, okay? He only wants the ticket reimbursed, and that's why he was willing to file the lawsuit, which costs over $120. I need to recoup the. It's a matter of. It's a matter of principle. I need Brandon to just be quiet. 
Right. Uh, the other like, thing is, like, I can't figure out why Brandon's still single. Yeah. <laughs> this is exactly right. It's like, listen, man, her texting in a movie theater, like, you just... Just be quiet, man. I mean, we, you're, and you're on a first about, date. I mean, like you. I mean, aren't you trying to make a good impression? Yeah, just try. If you're crazy and neurotic, like you hide that till date three. Right, right, right. Yeah. You at least. So, get- so Cameron. Well, okay. I want. I want to put this in the hands of a judge and jury. A jury of Brandon's peers. Right now, there are three of you. That's enough to decide who is entitled to the seventeen dollars. Cameron, it sounds like you're leading on Brandon's side here. No, 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 no. No, I said if you're crazy, if he's as crazy as that, he should have hidden that. He should have mm. just let her text. No. Like, yeah. I'm yeah. saying, you're trying to make a first impression. You're trying to. Trying to, I don't. Why in the world would he act like that? That's crazy. I yeah. think she is totally in the right. I like that she left. She ain't gonna yeah. put up with that mess. No, she's she is she is a strong, independent woman. She yeah. doesn't yeah. need. I like it. His seventeen dollars in her life. Yeah. Yes, I would tell my daughters. I would say, like, please, first of all, please don't text in the movie theater. But mm-hmm. also, <laughs> if someone tells you, you just go away. Just forget it. Leave them. Yeah. Ty- no Tyler, uh, I, the, the vote's already decided, but I'm curious where you come out on this. Oh, because I, you I seem love... like a man who wants to watch a, the latest comic book film uninterrupted <laughs> by the, the very dim light of a phone. Obviously, I like the movie a lot. But what I like more than Guardians of the Galaxy is a woman who knows what she wants to do. <laughs> That's and right. The fact that she, the fact that he said, if you're going to do that, just go outside and do it. And that she left the, presumably that means she drove there. Yeah, so, she did. She Brandon. drove both of them there. So Brandon, come on, man. Yeah. Well, for, first but, of all, she's picking up at Brandon's house. Why with her is mom. she driving on their first date? Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. there's a lot yeah. about Brandon. I will say for her, the moment he said like, Hey, can you come pick me up? Yeah, you're done. And people on Twitter are going to be like, Oh, I, but I, I, I don't have a car and I live in a city. Yeah, Nobody okay. cares about what yeah, you're you saying. You Uber over and you be the gentleman and you open her car door. Right. I mean, you, yeah. you right. they're, you're, I, you're I, not going to make her. I'm all on gender. Right I, yeah. She made the right move. Gender yeah. equality, 100%. But you have some chivalry and you be, you know, respectable and you pick her up on your first date and you don't take her to the Olive Garden. Yeah. Hey, Brandon yeah. or Brandon, whatever. It's a pretty hard name for me. Uh, if you're listening to this right now, you need mm-hmm. to drop that lawsuit. Because this is just this is I, all I see, right. see Eddie. That's where we're wrong. I see this is the first case that makes it to the Supreme Court and President <laughs> rocks America. And I think he will dismiss all the justices and lay down some cold Ooh. hard rock justice. <laughs> Ooh, President rocks America is a pretty decent yeah. slogan. Yeah. He hand selects court cases that he will personally try himself, and this is on the docket. Case one. But yeah. this is where we get into some of the trouble of having President The Rock, because would he be unfairly tilted towards Hollywood? Yeah. Would there be some a little bit of like uh, some emoluments there where he doesn't want people leaving the movies? <laughs> movies are, are what got Dwayne oh. where he's at today. But like, so I'm fine he, with that. I don't know where he'd come down on this one. But he's arguably the most chivalrous man in, on, in Hollywood, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, I think that's it's a fine. fair point. I, yeah. I don't know where he'd go on this one. I don't know where the legal scholars, when it comes to the, to the rock rules, plus Hollywood's the best. Have you seen Manchester by the Sea? That yeah. movie ruled. Yeah. So, like, fine, let him lean towards Hollywood. They're yeah. super sad, though. Yeah, it was super sad. I don't think the rock has seen. Cry. I don't think the Rock has seen Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, it made me cry. I actually cried during the movie. Oh, yeah, I did too. The Rock has only ever seen his own movies (laughs) and and Rocky one time on his wedding night. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know fully what that meant, but it was the right thing to say. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so uh, finally, I just had to throw this out there. This is incredible news uh, because I I have long, as many uh, people in our age range have, have long discussed, how awesome would it be to have a box of Lucky 
charms that was only marshmallows. I mean, it, it prevents you from eating because everyone attacks a bowl of Lucky Charms the exact same way. It exists, way. You, dude. You can buy it on Amazon. Yeah, we've bought those before. We've bought them. Not People the have real sent thing, them though. to us. Not oh, the yeah, you're real right. thing. You're right. They've been knockoffs. Right. They've been yeah, knockoffs. Yeah. I'm talking because there's something about the, the Lucky Charms marshmallows that are very unique. Okay. It's one of the most distinct foods ever created by humans in a weird food lab. Uh, so, you know, you no longer have to eat around the rice pieces, uh, it, you know, for that last sweet bite of delicious marshmallow in the, in the, in the soupy colored milk. Are they made out of rice? They're not rice. Or whatever they are. They, they, <laughs> what, what are they made of? Cornflakes? Uh, wheat. I mean, it would be some sort of wheat flour situation. Like a little, whatever they are, whatever yeah, who they knows? are, you just power through them to get to the marshmallow. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So Lucky Charms is will be giving away ten thousand boxes of marshmallow only Lucky Charms. Giving um, away. Yeah. So I I don't I I have theories about this because it's like a contest. Like you can buy a regular box of Lucky Charms, and there's like it's basically like a Willy Wonka type of situation with a golden ticket. Like there's codes that you go online and see if you're one of the winners to get one of the. I think it's probably because legally they're not allowed to sell a a box of marshmallows that's just made to be consumed in a bowl. I think there's probably some FDA thing against that. Uh, <laughs> so they're giving away the ten thousand. Uh, also, the um, it doesn't come with a toy inside. It comes with a free insulin needle in case you need it after, <laughs> after you wrap up. <laughs> that's crazy are you gonna, I, love, I, I love this idea yeah there you go i i i've always dreamed about an, a, a, a pizza that's just the pepperoni no bread like they just put the cheese and sauce on a gigantic pepperoni and you eat it because that's whatever you, you know that's on all toppings pizza I, I feel like more food companies need to go in this and just cut the stuff that no one wants on the meal in the first place you know jesse you would have what if i would think that president rock is one of his major domestic um, uh, agendas is going to be the health of the nation yeah i could see For that sure. while he's an economic or conservative that he probably would regulate and legislate health yeah. restrictions and things like this would be outlawed and president rocks america what do you do well i will say this as, as listeners know i lean pretty libertarian especially when it comes to food safety right oh, if yeah. i want to eat a box of all marshmallows right. you know that's my god-given right. america right and i will say this if the rock comes in and blows up that food pyramid one more time so it's all raw eggs uh, steak, chicken breast, and protein milk. I'm not having it. I right. will. I will, the resistance will start with me when it comes to Rope. food regulation. He was warned. He was given an explanation. Nevertheless, he persisted to eat himself yeah. into food coma. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I. It's my. It's my body. I'm allowed to eat as as many as many hot pockets as I want to. I don't need the president, be him the rock or not, to tell me what I can and can't consume. That will cross the line for me. That will de- be a deal breaker. I will have to vote mm. uh, for someone else. Uh, like uh, let's say like an Andre the Giant type of character. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it shakes out. I just want to add a, a just a place marker here because somebody 10 years from now is right. listening to this show right and the rock is president or an alien yeah mm-hmm. this is now forever going out right. into the universe and the rock is president and they're pretty upset about it like we were just we're just playing because oh, they're, they're upset about the new health regulations oh, being, yeah. things uh, have yeah. gone really yeah. terrible in america this has all actually come to fruition i just want to say as a moment in time like we hear he literally pain. during the inauguration made just for the the visual metaphor and to remind everybody had the swearing in on an actual large rock Right. in front of the Capitol yeah. and he wore the yeah. He-Man outfit. It was yeah. very, it was a very... Like, we're sorry. Uh, yeah. We were just playing 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, we, we were just getting he's, around. 
he's also uh, a very in a controversial move. <clears throat> he's uh, dumped massive amounts of whey protein into the water filtration systems throughout the country. <laughs> Every, uh, like fluoride. Like fluoride. Everybody yeah. in America. Into the ocean. <laughs> Everybody is super jacked right now in America. Fluoride and whey is now, and chocolate whey powder is, is now pumping through America's pipes. <laughs> well, that's how he fixed the uh, water crisis in Michigan. You know, it just he just filled the pipes with... with with delicious creatine <laughs> creatine <laughs> because it like it like seals any gaps it's like the the fix a flat stuff you know you you blow yeah. it in and it's got like some gelatinous coating it fixes your little flats all fixed. little holes Every, and so that's how you fix the pipes everybody in Flint <laughs> is drinking water towers are now brimming with creatine healthy fortified water <laughs> it was the compromise on the pipeline situation we're so, still going to build the pipeline but it's going to be full of muscle milk. So everybody <laughs> it's the most delicious spill ever. <laughs> if it smells, you just go lap it up and you put on like, you put a solid inch onto your biceps. It's great. <laughs> you, you're literally now, we're all literally showering in, in, in protein powder. It's, it's a, it rocks America is a wild place, guys. <laughs> got some, he's got some radical ideas and we very much regret electing him, but what is happening is happening. The FDA, ra- the FDA changed the nutritional standards yeah. and now it's like every American is expected to eat 13,000 calories a That's day. Right. Well, because See, the know, FDA just becomes GNC. Yeah. Like it's literally <laughs> oh, good one. Well, certain presidents right. <laughs> go in and they they fire the heads of a right. lot of, you yeah. know, maybe yeah. the EPA or something like that or, or dismantle an organization. He goes in and single-handedly runs the FDA. That's right. Yeah. So he just yeah. he completely abolishes it and makes it just part of the Oval Office. Right. Nothing's wrong. He's just a one-man band. Yeah. He's just yeah. He just decided to fix it himself. Yeah. You know, like when Michelle Obama and implemented her like healthy lunch programs right. and, and people would like take pictures of their their lunch trays with like french fries and stuff to be like oh this is why we need change in the rocks america the lunch tray is just a power bar for every child every right. day just get them jacked <laughs> but that one bar has every nutrient that child needs everybody's way oh, yeah. healthier it's, it's easily over 2000 it's a day's worth of calories and uh, a, a dangerous amount of protein uh, <laughs> potentially lethal but you know we want to you know you get to make america strong again you know that's, that's right. his whole thing well, so. he's trying to breed a generation of soldiers or like tw- like action heroes, you know. Yeah, exactly. This is going to be exactly. Yeah. I, I like them. I like it. It's I still, great. It's I nice still think well intended. What do you have, Eddie? Well, you guys know that I have had a long-standing love of all things avocado and guacamole, and I don't. We don't have to re- replay this. We know how much I love guacamole. Um, but there has been a very interesting brouhaha lately. <laughs> Pretty cool word to say. Um, so Australia's sixty minutes, which I guess is like American sixty minutes, but just like. More really deep, far more away, kangaroos. yeah, really far away, and really into John Travolta, right? Um, that's so dumb. So this millionaire appears. <laughs> Is on, he even Australian? No, but he like flew for Qantas Airlines, and for some reason, I guess Adam Smith too. I don't know. There's a lot happening. I should get okay. on with the slice. Um, so this millionaire said, when I was trying to buy my first home, I wasn't buying smashed avocado for nineteen dollars and four coffees at four dollars each. Tim Gurner harumphed per CNN money. So he says this and it, and it raised an outrage because people are like, first of all, what's smashed avocado? So it's like avocado spread on toast. And people are like, it doesn't cost $19 to get avocado on toast. So the New York times did some fact checking. It didn't turn out well for this millionaire Gurner. It said the millennials are no more likely to spend on travel and dining than any other generation. And it would take a serious amount of avocado toast to put a dent in any of those down payments. Time Magazine took it a step further, created an online calculator of how many pieces of toast you would have to give up to be able to afford your dream home. 
in Orlando, you'd have to give up 5,000 pieces of av- that smashed avocado toast. Oh. Anyhow, it just continued and continued. The backlash has been furious. And finally, uh, finally, a millennial responded and said, I'd much rather prefer to eat avocado on toast while sharing an apartment with 10 mates. If having money in five houses turns me into a smarmy ranch dude, rich dude, I don't even know what a smarmy rich dude is. That lectures my generation on how cool it could be to be a smarmy rich dude, then enough is enough. Anyhow, I thought it was very interesting because one, I think we give millennials a hard time and I think they're allowed to spend. I know you are a millennial. You tell me this every time and I, I understand that by by definition I am, but also I am too cheap to buy avocado toast. So I think, but you would buy avocado toast. I, I feel yeah. like the main story is here. This poor millionaire is getting ripped off on avocados. He's paying, <laughs> he's paying $17 for a half an avocado, enough to spread on toast. Right. Like, that, and so that's like twenty four dollars uh, for per avocado. That's like twenty four times more than I pay for an avocado. Like yeah. I, they're like a dollar. Even it's if not that big a deal, yeah. right? Even if they're making their own bread at the restaurant and really going for it, we we can't break ten dollars on avocado toast. There's just no way a restaurant's going to do that. And four dollars per cup of coffee feels cheap to me. Oh, does it? Right, I've spent more than that. Oh, you got, but you get the uni- the rainbow unicorn one. Those are the best. Yeah, yeah. A oh, yeah. double grande rainbow it's unicorn. It's like a Slurpee. Yeah. yeah. A double grande is actually, they just give you two grandes because they can't, they don't have one cup to hold all that it, I need. It, it, hey, enjoy it's, them now because when The Rock is in the White House, right. those are going to be a thing of the yeah. past. Those it's, are going to be threats. That's going to be what he's going to run on. I just wanted to say to all my co-millennials, you're doing a great job. It's, it's okay. <laughs> you can spend money differently than the Gen Xers and you're still going to make it or you're not. Either way, who cares? The Rock's going to be the president. Are I, we sleeping on a gold mine here? Should we be buying avocados and selling them to millionaires? <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit kind of a subplot of the story. I feel like I, uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy a lot of avocados, but I feel like this could be our ticket. Right. You yeah. know that that guy that that guy the guy who does sell him like the door to like this guy came to his house one day selling avocados and you know has just just been a racket. This guy's been going. He's been marking up avocados by fifteen thousand percent. He's the real loser in this situation. The guy yeah. that is behind the avocado scam here. The only real point that this story makes that kind of bothers me, there does feel like there's a lot of millennial bashing, and maybe that's just every generation does this to the next generation. But I'm like, millennials are doing great. They're going to figure out how to buy a house or not buy a house. Maybe it's not important, but it's like enough of these. Yeah, I think that was sort of like what the moment was in yeah. this story was a pushback of like, no, it's... We're well, not- and, and too, I mean, it can be legitimately said. So he or other generations would say that a quality life, a life uh, that, you know, that he was pursuing would have the stability of a home that he owns or right. having no debt or whatever. And, and that, that uh, another generation who says, well, that's not what I aspire to. I want flexibility or right. I want quality food or I want new experiences. And that's what they find pleasure from. Just the fact, I mean, to each his own, you know? I mean, if like you want to live in a small town and have a lot of land and right. and live rec- like maybe reclusively, fine, great. And if somebody else wants to live in a city and, and be around people and hustle and bustle, okay, why that's can't right. we all just get along? That's right. Buying a house yeah. is not, and I, I know that it's speaking to more than like, he's basically saying, I wish they'd stop whining about being broke because, but at the same time, they're buying like all of this yeah. expensive 
I just don't think that's like... I don't know that they're whining about being broke, to be honest with you. It's a value. Yeah. yeah he's I mean, if they wanted a stable income, there are jobs available, uh, but yeah. they are choosing not to go work at the post office with a pension. They're choosing to be yeah. a freelance photographer. And yeah, you're broke, but you know, hey... You, you had an option and it was like, cool. Right. I mean, right. And he, and that kid said like, he was like, I'd rather live with 10 right. of my friends right. and have the flexibility. And it's like, exactly. In this season you of got. your life, that is what you want. And, and then great. in another season, maybe there's wives and kids and other things. Maybe you want something else. That's right. Okay. Whatever you want. Yeah. And if you want, it's like, look, not all of my peers are real estate moguls, but we're not the ones getting comically ripped off by <laughs> on our avocado purchases. Yeah. And also yeah. back off of the avocado hating avocados. The best. Who hates avocados? Just well, this one smarmy rich guy. This guy, if right. anything, he loves avocados so much that he's willing to pay an insane amount of money yeah. for them. Yeah. Jerry Douglas yeah. doesn't like avocados, apparently. Yeah, no. John wow. David, you don't like avocados? I do not. Why? I don't like the way they taste. Oh. I need you out of this studio. <laughs> you get out of here. <laughs> John David, do you own your own house? I do. Ooh. Oh, you're a smarmy yeah. rich guy. I am. Wow. Okay. Well, if I felt John David Rockefeller over there wandered <laughs> into the grocery store and saw one that cost $17, I'm sure he'd buy it because that's a luxury he can't not have in his life. That's, if that's avocados a real were good here. enough for his majesty, the <laughs> <laughs> royal palate can't take any of the so-called taste of these avocados that the peasants J- JD's been, been getting boxes of pure marshmallow Lucky Charms delivered to his house for years. He lives... Lives, he lives in a class we don't even know about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you have, Tyler? Okay, well, speaking of, of avocado, I didn't mean to bring another food slice, but I think this one is interesting. All three um, of them have been about food, essentially. <laughs> well, well, hang on. At here. least so, this one is interesting. As you guys, uh, as you guys may have seen, uh, Apple is building uh, a new office spaceship type situation out in California. Oh yeah, costs five billion dollars. It's obviously going to be a. a I'm sure a fine establishment full of all sorts of cutting edge technology. Um, but in the midst of putting all this together, a bunch of uh, Apple patents have popped up. Some uh, internet sleuths have been coming over them. And one that they've found, uh, which was actually patented all the way back in 2010, but has not dropped on the market yet, unfortunately, is a, is a circular device with a hinge in the middle of it. It is Apple's custom patented pizza box they back in 2010 and apparently this was one of steve jobs like design this was this was a pet project of his they have this hinge technologically astute uh cutting edge box with rings on it that keeps the pizza from getting too soggy and keeps it hot without uh while it's all using uh um renewable materials in it and uh, although it hasn't been released on the market yet apple did not deny that they may be releasing it for sale in the near future so my question to you guys is a is this something that you would find useful and b what would be how much would you be willing to pay for an apple pizza box wait so it's a reusable one it's not it like it's reusable it's, so it's yes. not like when you order from domino's it's going to show up in this thing it's something you, you keep it at, you keep it at your house if it's like every other apple product i absolutely don't think i need it will certainly buy it i'll wait in line for it it's way too much it's money it's life changing yeah it's definitely way too much money yeah. and i will definitely pay that money right what else can it do that's the thing. What I wanted it, it to be more. I thought, you know, yeah. Steve Jobs, like this guy created, he created the iPod and he created this thing before the iPhone. Um, but it was, uh, but it doesn't, 
I, I could send you guys a picture. I can send you guys a link to it, but it really is just a box for pizza, but it's designed in the really aesthetically pleasing Apple type way. Like it's very, it's a very clean design, obviously. And there's rings along the bottom that are apparently what keep it, keep the pizza like hot and fresh and get the, the crust from getting too soggy. So you can pop it in the microwave. If you can have one of those microwaves, oh, cool. it's what they use on the new Apple campus. They'll have a bunch of them. Well, well he, here, what here's pizza. what I love about this story is that there is some guy that, or, or woman, uh, that got hired at Apple and some engineer, some, one of the world's most brilliant minds. And on their first day they got there, they're like, okay, we have a really top secret project for you. Uh, and there's like, oh, so is it the iPhone? Is it the iPad? Is it, you know, some the, the new car. Apple TV yeah. device? They're like, yeah. no, we, you're working in the pizza box division. Like, <laughs> like somebody's job was to work at Apple and they got sent to go work on a high-tech pizza box. Do you get the feeling that was probably a demotion? Like somebody got something wrong and Steve Jobs was like, oh no, we're not going to fire you. We're not going to fire you. No. They messed up a line of code and they, so they launched a pizza box division just for that dummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because remember back in like 2008, 9, 10, like, uh, like Apple employees would like, it would come out, like they would be testing in the real world, like the upcoming secret phone and they <laughs> yeah. would like leave it at the bar. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. And like it would get leaked. Yeah. 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 It's that guy. That guy didn't get the, fired. The person that left it at a bar. Yeah. The guy, yeah, the idiot who leaked the iPhone by accident yeah. is the one who had to design the pizza box for next year. Yep. Yeah. This is and, exactly then, and then a year later, he comes to Jobs and he's like, hey, I, I did. I think I got it. I got to figure it out. And Jobs was like, you did that? Like he thought it was a prank the whole time. He just wanted to see if the guy Wait, would actually do it. You've been working on a pizza box for the last <laughs> year. That was a joke, man. It took yeah. you a year. Yeah, it took you a year. <laughs> well, there you go. All right, coming back with a hot slice. Very a very lunch. I ate my lunch. See, that was during. a pun. That was no, a, I kind of want. No, I kind of want pizza. pizza. I got a frozen pizza in the freezer. It was, a hot slice. it was almost too good. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Rob Bell joins us. You're listening to Portugal, the man. It's the it's feel it still, but it's the Lido remix. That's why it was like familiar but I, new. I could spend a, remix. a week trying to understand any part of that sentence, yeah. and I never would. Portugal, the man. Great, great album. Great, great, great band. Uh, this week's feature interview is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Uh, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your jobs to find the best candidates? Uh, I can tell you, finding Top- great talent can be tough. Topical. Yeah, very, very topical. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, thankfully, with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to more than 100 job sites with just a single click. Uh, with their powerful technology efficiently matching the right people to your job, they do it better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, they don't depend on candidates finding you. It just finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours, and I can attest to that. I have posted openings on ZipRecruiter and got... I mean, I, I, I put one up only for a few days before we filled it, and I probably got t- more than 20 qualified candidates. It was actually... That's cool. Really, yeah, it's really great. And they were like local and 
Great. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, you can find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, relevant podcast listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. Free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. One more time to try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash relevant. Author and former pastor Rob Bell is known for his provocative and sometimes controversial thoughts on God, faith, and the teachings of Jesus. And in his new book, What is the Bible? How an Ancient Library of Poems, Letters, and Stories Can Transform the Way You Think and Feel About Everything. Bell looks at the origins of scripture and how we should think about it. Uh, We actually have a a conversation with Rob uh, in the current issue of Relevant, and I would would say go read it. Uh, But part of the conversation that you didn't see in the magazine is what you're about to experience. Here is part of our conversation with Rob Bell. Why this book in the sense of why? Why did you choose to approach um, a major project about the Bible? Well, it's interesting. Um, I I often think I write books so I don't spontaneously combust because there's like four or five or six of them rattling around in there at any one time. So this book actually started, I noticed that people, I, um, like I don't live in a religious area and I noticed how often people found the Bible fascinating who had never read it. I would start in on, because the Bible is in the cultural stream. David and Goliath, healing the blind man. I was blind, but now I see. Turn the other cheek. This stuff is just there. It's, It's there in the cultural stream. And what I noticed in Los Angeles, living in an area that is just, isn't conventionally religious, is how often my friends, I would say, oh, you know where that comes from? That's actually, there's this whole thing involving the Babylonians. And my friends who have never been to church are the ones who are like, dude, you should totally do this Bible stuff. Hmm. It's so interesting and dangerous and provocative and hopeful. And um, I've been, I have a residency at Largo, which is this comedy music club here in West Hollywood. And I'll do a show and it'll actually just, it'll be like underneath it all will be a biblical text. Hmm. And... Um, so this was a couple of years ago. I thought I should try writing a book on Tumblr. I should just get all this stuff out. What Mm. if I just every day wrote a chapter and put it on Tumblr? So part of it was just an experiment. Um, because then if I did it for three months, at the end of three months, maybe there'd be a, I'd have, I'd have it all out. It was almost like clearing Ram space. You know what I mean? Like if I just took all this stuff that I'm carrying around and got it out, I should try that. So I like literally two or three days into posting a different chapter each day on Tumblr. The response was like electric. It was like nothing. I don't know, like nothing I'd ever done. Hmm. So I just kept going and I ended ended up doing, I think, 75 parts, chapters on Tumblr. It was like 102,000 words, (laughs) Hmm. which makes me laugh. So what, what's the beginning of that 25 years? Are you, are you referencing when you launched out into ministry or is that when? Yeah, yeah. What, what's kind of the beginning of that story, right? I was, I, was, I was in a band and the band broke up like college bands do because everybody has to get jobs. Yeah. And somewhere in there, I volunteered to give a sermon 
And I'd never given a sermon. I didn't know how to give a sermon, but I did have some, like, I, you're supposed to say something about the Bible. Apparently that's what a sermon is. So I got a Bible and found some passages. I wasn't that familiar with the Bible, but there was something about standing up in a group of people and reading an ancient text and then unleashing it Mm. in the space that was like, oh, this is why I'm here. It was like a, it it was like a defining, I remember taking off my sandals because I I was wearing Birkenstocks because I was aware it was an outdoor chapel area that I was not, I became aware that I was staying on holy ground and that my life would never be the same again. Mm. It literally was that night and day. And so then it was just, well, okay, so I, I guess you go to seminary, is that what you do? And then right, yeah. I got a job in a church and it's like, it's like your, uh, you know, your, your tribe sort of for all of us is like, this is how it's done. And then later you begin to realize, oh, there's other ways you could do it. Sure. But at the time you're what, 19, 20, 21 years, apparently this is how it works. Um, and I, I was struck that when Jesus is asked a question, he usually responds with a question. Mm-hmm. So early on that deeply shaped my understanding of the whole thing that there is some sort of dance there is some sort of back and forth there is some sort of exploration at the heart of this which is different than these are the seven statements now we defend them to our dying day you know what i mean there were these there were these deep postures that i found in the scriptures that rang true and away we went reading through um, Exodus right now in this first part of the year and you get to all these verses that aren't necessarily main points of the text or what's going on it'll just be like this you know in a, in a list of things that are happening it's like and if the guy takes a second wife or and if this or that or the other and you think you stop and think like wait what what a second if he stopped if he took a second wife um, yeah, all these things that come up that that I guess were swept under the rug or I, I don't know and just not dealt with uh, in the background Um but you deal with some of that, especially in the earlier chapters of your book, and you, you kind of have um, these little episodes uh, or reflections, I guess, even dealing with like Ehud and some of those um, <laughs> odd or scandalous or even confusing, maybe gross <laughs> stories, uh, particularly the Old Testament. But but you say there's there's more going on there than um, uh, than just, I guess, a collection of stories or a collection of just gross house stories. <laughs> Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, what's going on when we get to some of these confusing episodes? Yeah, well, it's interesting to me how many people, when you ask them, when they're asked where where were the Hebrew scriptures first compiled, lots of people who would say, oh, you, I know the Bible stories, but I'm just not into that. Say, well, well, where was it edited together? Lots of people wouldn't know that, which is fairly basic, that the Hebrew scriptures were edited together in Babylon. And that in Babylon, this group of Jewish people had been hauled away into exile. So they're miles from home, and they've been on the receiving end of an extraordinary amount of violence at the hand of a global military superpower. So when they stitch together a number of poems and stories involving horrific violence, it's probably not because they're advocating for horrific violence. Um, 
also so many people read what's called the Old Testament or more accurately the Hebrew scriptures and they're like, why is there all this violence? It's one of the answers is because the editors of these stories want you to see the futility of violence. So like you don't think to yourself, oh, obviously Quentin Tarantino thinks that the solution to every problem is violence. Sure. <laughs> but you see a Quentin Tarantino film, in some ways you think, oh, he's spoofing on the ridiculous notion that violence can solve things. Right. Um, so there's this whole level of subtlety and nuance. Um, and I would argue like the Book of Judges, which is just Game of Thrones meets a David Cronenberg film. Yeah, absolutely. I would argue that absolutely. that's the editor's point, is the editor is saying, have you noticed here that the violence isn't working? So you'll have people or you'll have crit critics of the Bible saying, we don't believe in these ancient violent fairy tales. Well, neither do the people who wrote it. <laughs> That's probably why they're writing it. Right. Um, <laughs> and then secondly, for so many people to come to see the Bible as reflecting of evolving human consciousness is such a more helpful lens through which to understand what's happening here. So when people are like, yeah, but they don't condemn polygamy. That's right. They don't. Nobody was condemning polygamy in the world at that time. Mm -hmm. This is how people saw the world. Um, well, I don't think God slaughtered all those children. I don't either. And the storyteller is telling you how they understood the world. So mm -hmm. don't blame God for their lack of enlightenment um so i think god and religion and all these things get get put on trial when it, it's a starts as a human book and whatever divine it you find you'll find because you first entered into the humanity of it and that just frees you to, to actually read it otherwise people are endlessly defend they're so on edge that they end up defending it before they've ever read it mm. You have a, uh, a whole chapter dedicated, and it's probably my, my favorite in the book, um, just to play my cards, I guess, um, I, about, um, I'm trying to think of how you, you worded it, but you're dealing particularly with Americans and the Bible. It's something like Americans misunderstanding or oh, yeah. getting in our own yeah, way yeah, of yeah. understanding the Bible. Um, why is yeah. that? Where, where do we get off on, on that track? Right, right, right. Well, well you begin with, the Bible was written by a small minority of Jewish people who had been conquered by a succession of global military superpowers. So the Egyptians, the Persians, the Romans, the Babylonians, these people had been conquered and conquered again by the, whatever the biggest army of the day was. So if you, as an American in the 21st century, as a citizen of a global military superpower with the biggest army in the world, read this book, you might miss some of its central themes because when it warns people about stockpiling chariots, it's warning them about you. I mean, America, we were 5% of the world's population and we have 43% of its weapons or something. We are the giant global military superpower that goes around the world telling people how to do things. And the Bible is written by people who are on the other end of that. And so... To, this book is it is this library of books is so thoroughly political and the idea that you would say well that's just political in the ancient world of course what isn't um, and obviously separation of church and 
state is, is necessary in our culture, but you have to understand that in the modern world, amassing drones and bombs and tanks and swords and who has what weapons, your neighbor could come across the border tomorrow and wipe you out forever. So these were pressing questions on everybody's minds, which the biblical writers are dealing with. So when the U.S., I mean, just a, a classic example would be the U.S. determining who can have nuclear bombs and who can't. Um, and apparently Iran can have a program but cannot have bombs. But the U.S. is the one nation that actually has dropped nuclear bombs. The, the nation that actually dropped them on civilians is the one going around saying who can have them, who not. The rest of the world laughs at America. Like, mm. you arrogant bullies. Um but this is exactly the kind of language you find in the Bible. Who are you, Egypt? You Babylonians, Nebuchadnezzar, with your arrogance and pride. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I actually think you're going to resurgent. You're going to see a resurgence just in the larger culture of the Bible because people are going to realize these issues that we're talking about right now. Yeah. Or you think about Bernie, Sa- Bernie Sanders talking about how this system isn't working lots of people roughly 41 percent of our wealth is held in the hands of one less than one percent of the population this system isn't working and the hebrew prophets their fundamental premise was this system doesn't work for a number of people and uh so i i believe you're going to see a resurgence of these texts just in larger culture because people are going to realize oh we've been here before we, yeah. we, we have been here before, and there's actually some wisdom in history about how to think about this and how to deal with this, let alone fantastic poetry. That was Rob Bell. Uh, make sure to check out uh, the rest of the conversation, uh, the feature that we did with him in the current issue of Relevant. Up next, stay tuned. A preview of the Red Couch podcast. I saw you close your eyes. That's creepy. Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what the guy said to uh, his date at the movie theater. Oh, no. Like, I saw you close your eyes. Get out of Let's here. Let's get out of here. Oh, but, but, oh, but wait a minute. You're my ride, right? So maybe just hang out for a few. My mom is not even going to pick me up. What am I supposed to do? You owe me $17.31. Um, okay, so big news. Yeah, as you know, the last couple of weeks, we've been rolling out the launch of the Relevant Podcast Network. Yes. Um, Shauna Nequist uh, had, had our first show, the Shauna Nequist Show, which is going on now. Her first season is happening every Monday. A new episode is posted. She she debuted at the, as the number eight podcast in the world I on saw, the overall iTunes charts ahead of like serial and stuff. So I always go to check to see where the podcasts are. And, you know, like you have to start on the like all podcast page. Yeah. But I was like navigating to see how Shauna's was doing. 
and I just clicked on podcast and like she was there on the front page and I'm like, whoa, yeah, that's usually <laughs> yeah. reserved for cereal. Yeah, like, usually, yeah. Yeah. It was actually over cereal. Uh, the the uh, her first couple days out of the gate, she was over cereal, which is insane. It was incredible, and of course, you listen to it and it, it's just wonderful. It's, and yeah. her second episode, which came out this past Monday, yes. better than the first. Yeah, and, yeah. Can, and still better than cereal. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I did this past one is uh, her 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 Tear most jerker. recent episode, uh, which a lot of well she'll have another one on Monday. But um, uh, man, it it, it is moving like Tear a story jerker. about infertility and adoption and Down syndrome, and that's yeah. the one thing about Shauna is like she is able to get help people navigate their story in a way that is really moving and compelling. But then also it kind of has the fun food faith book talk that people love from her as well. It's like watching Manchester by the sea starring the rock. It's, it's, it's like it's everything. It's the oh, whole right. gamut. It is everything. Yeah. yeah. That's my Venn diagram of interest right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the second show that we debuted as part of the Realm podcast network is with our, our good friend, uh, rapper activist propaganda, uh, who's been sitting in kind of guest hosting the show with us, uh, off and on during the summer. Um, he is part of the relevant podcast network family. And this week he and his wife, Alma debuted their podcast, the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Alma, and it is awesome. Yeah, and yeah. they so they have like the, the, the way they broke it down is like they have like five chapters or five segments within the show, and uh, they cover everything from pop culture to yeah, you know, politics and what's happening in society. Like it's it's funny, it's it's moving, it's eye opening. It's uh, man, and he holds nothing back too. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's something about the fact that they're married, having this dialogue yeah. that they Love like. It deeply know each other's like where they're going what's safe to talk about they, they'll like go to place they're just very deep and and, and yeah. alma his wife is a a doctor a university professor oh, yeah. uh, she's probably the most brilliant uh one of the most brilliant people you know you would you would listen to on a podcast frankly oh, and he's yeah. married to her and so it's yeah. like i mean prop is compelling and entertaining and insightful and she's brilliant and insightful and right. their chemistry and their banter is, is a blast to listen to uh the show debuted this week on wednesday and a new episode will uh be going up on wednesdays yes and uh so that was a couple of days ago so a lot of you have already heard it but in case you haven't we wanted to make sure that our full relevant uh, podcast audience got the chance to experience the new show. Honestly, I'm so glad you guys got that one up and going. It's just yeah. uh, propaganda is one of the best conversationalist period I've ever met in my life. I could just listen to that guy go go on nonstop four hours at a time. Dude, I totally agree. Well, here's your chance, literally. There you go. Oh, I'm, I'm on it. Here is your sneak peek, an excerpt of the debut episode of the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Oma. So, news in the resistance. Our Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, he just announced um, a few weeks back that the, you know, he was bringing back the war on drugs, uh, which is a thing. We can get into that a little later. Um, but uh, that he was able to file MS-13 as a terrorist organization. Now, for background, if y'all don't know, if y'all not from the hood, MS-13 is a uh, Latino street gangs, specifically from El Salvador. I feel like people who are not from the hood know who MS-13 is. Well, you ain't ran from them, like, well, like, yeah. like Prop has. Yeah, um, but they still know. I mean, it's yeah. an international gang. It's an international gang. Now, why is this significant? Because his, so his, his platform, Jeff Sessions' platform is saying that, like, it's because of Obama's uh, poor or weak immigration 
uh, enforcement is why MS-13 was able to flourish in our country, right? Um, and it's a tor- terrorist organization. Uh, so I'm going to get into the problematic part of that part, but uh, what that implies or the implications of that is, so now as hard as we've been working towards community policing and demilitarizing uh, our inner cities, if you file a street gang as a terrorist organization, then bringing in the army and militarizing the police is completely justifiable because you're dealing with a terrorist. Yeah, it basically just gives them the okay to bring in militarized police into a regular neighborhood. Yeah, so when we think it's just like a tank is ridiculous. Like, it's not if the street gang is a terrorist organization. Now, getting back to the problematicness of that, I, again, I grew up from L- I grew up in L.A., and if you're going to say in its rudimentary definition of being terrorizing, yes. yes, you're absolutely correct. Yes. I ran from these dudes often. Now, but a terrorist organization has a nationalistic tone, and that nationalism is not our nation. Here's the problem with Jeff Sessions' logic is that, first of all, it wasn't, MS-13 wasn't started in El Salvador. It was started in MacArthur Park in L.A., and it was started well before Obama was our Elected, president, right. right? It's it's a street gang. It just happens to have ethnic ties because the El Salvadorian population in that city was trying to find some sort of solidarity among each other, right? Right. Um, sure. Right. I, I'm just saying this is just know your history, your LA history yeah. at least, right? So, but if you do this, then things like the 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 gang junkins, the stop and frisk, the street sweeping, all the stuff that some of us inner city black kids grew up with, uh, you know, getting thrown, you know, specifically that stop and frisk thing, man, that was like, it. that felt like terrorizing, right? right. When you, it just walking home from school at any I mean, moment. It, it wasn't worse than it is or it had, has been in New York, though. I think they've gotten it. New York got it, it the worst. It actually was a policy stop and frisk. Yeah. That's what it was called, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't mean that, like, just because we didn't have policy in LA, though, that was it definitely what was happening, too. Yeah. The implications of this step uh, and its racial undertones yeah. are almost endless, right? Uh, so you tie that to just the, the police chief in, in, in Los Angeles just elevated this uh this or tried to reinstitute or or re-highlight this concept of de-escalation when it comes to like interactions with uh with with the community right um and the the some of the tenets they brought up was this concept of time and space right so if you're in a situation give the situation some time give y'all some space and you don't have to feel froggy right um the only problem was those things are not they were not specifically laid out so if there's no actual specifics in that policy there was actual no, no actual training it was there's no actual training policy yeah hey do this hey make sure you do that yeah. so that means this is it's ambiguous it's up to interpretation right right which really means we haven't gone we haven't gone anywhere like no. that doesn't that doesn't help us at all right um and whoever gets to decide whether this person actually practiced de-escalation practices guess what is the police commission. So they're, they're still being having self-oversight. And we just recently had a case where a, a, a young man, um, name, but he was shot at, in Slauson. 
at the uh, oh, yeah. at the gas station or not at the gas at the liquor store. Right. Their case was he was deemed like within protocol. Like, I mean, kid got shot in his back. Like, I don't and, know how that was deescalating. That was deescalating in some way, shape or form. So like for all that to come out the same day. Right. And then it, it you can like try to draw this. This is what we mean by like, yo, you got to stay awake. Right. This woke is like a phrase. But like this is what we mean by this. You can draw a line from that to this kid, Jordan Edwards. Right. In Dallas, that Mm -hmm. which which side note about the Dallas Police Department. They have always been heads up. I know. I right? was I was very um, surprised about that. Yeah, like, they fired that dude. Yeah, they fired him immediately, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, okay." And then last year, when they had like the the when they had the Black Lives Matter march, and then the the dude went crazy and shot the officer. At the time, though, right from the from the sh- the little girl McKinney that mm-hmm. um that was like thrown around by the cop at that uh at that uh pool party, right? Yeah, you had officers and citizens marching together. You had their police chief standing up and saying, we're not going to stand for this. This is on our watch. We have a horrible history of, of racist practices. It's going to end. Right? right. So so that's why you didn't see the type of like rioting that you saw everybody else, because you saw a police chief that was like, yo, this is this is not acceptable. Right. Yeah. And why? When that officer was shot, the community was like, nah, dude, that's wrong. Like, yeah. one of the good ones. Yeah. You know, you know it's it's like such a complicated like um just topic obviously it's never okay to kill another human being no matter what their credentials or lack thereof are yeah um but you know one of the things that like i think recently i've been or not but but and one of the things that i've been thinking about is like the people that become police officers like the the just the age at which they become Mm -hmm. officers most of the time is like a such a young age like 18 to 21 year olds pursuing this yeah like they some of them i mean i think now it's very common for them to have had a bachelor's degree at least but like if we know anything from university um teaching or in our k through 12 education is that there is nothing uh pro- you know programmatically um addressing those social issues to make them even aware that they may have some kind of bias or privilege. Yeah. And so they're these kids coming into the force and all they want to do is probably do a good job and like scared as heck that they're mm-hmm. in any encounter because the first encounter they have with a black person is probably this person they're pulling over. And it's just like all kinds of like yeah. problematic things about that. Yeah. My, my brother is a California Highway Patrol officer. My dad was worked in the LA County probation, retired from the probation department, worked in the special handling unit. These are phenomenal men. But when they got hired, you had to have a bachelor's. You had yeah. to go through a certain amount of training yeah. that was like, and they're black men. So like as being black men, they have a, a different <laughs> understanding of the society around them. Right. Yeah. But even now, like, which is again, guys, this is why we say you got to stay awake. Like, follow me. Like, there are a number of police recruiting videos that are like they're just SWAT videos. So you get this kid that's like, "Yeah, I want to shoot guns because the bad guys, right?" Well, yeah, like you join the police, you could take them down, right? So it's just this like it's like you're recruiting the yeah. wrong dude. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, like, but then again, like. The people that I I feel like the people that do need to become cops or should be becoming cops, we should be gearing like young 
people to become cops too and see yeah, themselves from in that the role. city but they don't want to because that's who they're there's who they're seeing as cops is treating them mad shady yeah yeah so, yeah So like they don't want to become the face of no, that oh why would i want to be a part of this like no, i've been harassed been, by these fools exactly. all the time so like so it's just so many totally. like problematic things about the recruiting like the mm-hmm. training I mean, from the little that I know, maybe we could like become more informed on that. But just the training, like there isn't a lot of training around cultural sensitivity. Now that's now that's by department because there's some yeah. departments. Long Beach, where we live, like has been touted as like one of the best ones. Yeah, unity policing and racial sensitivity, like so that's why you don't see a lot of the same. I just wonder how much of it is like they versus us versus them still even in yeah, that training because in. you can do sensitivity training like like tolerance training like yeah i could tolerate people but like does that, that mean you're one of them. yeah like okay them it's still them still us you know them. so i don't know it's just so many things that we can this could lead us into d- different trails about mm-hmm. you know and there's there's also like a financial component especially with the militariz- militarization of the police and privatization. Privatization of yeah. it. When when the government, the federal government gets an an account to like purchase weapons for war, once they're done, you just have a stockpile of stuff. What are you gonna do it? We gotta get our money back somehow. So the federal government sells it to local law enforcement because you gotta try to make your money back, right? So there's this such a like a financial incentive yeah to keeping you know uh uh keeping these weapons um which are just like i can't i just can't think of any unless like russia does finally attack us i can't think of any reason any of us need like an automatic uh, like assault rifle like, you don't need a Uzi. Like, I just can't think of a... Sin- like, is the entirety of the Crip gang coming into my... Like, all of the Crips. <laughs> are they coming into my house right now? Like, uh, you just, Yes, I- they are because of your red couch. <laughs> bang, banging. <laughs> this, yeah, uh, and I think, you know, you kind of bring up a good point about that because they, they... I feel like there is a very reactive approach in discipline and injustice in our country. That, you know, we could definitely be be creating more proactive approaches instead, like getting to know the community, getting to the root causes of why, like, this crime occurs in this particular city. And, like, how can we do, uh, alleviate the root cause so that there yeah. isn't crime, you know, and... That's uh, a lot of your work. Your- yeah, my dissertation actually kind of focused on that on a school level. Like, how do you... Because safety is a real thing right like we want to feel safe we want to yes we want safety we want we want to create a safe environment safe neighborhood safe school safe nation um but the question is at what cost like are we gonna militarize so that we can create that safety which in itself seems like i just feel really unsafe that there's like these you know militant police yeah yeah, around me like that doesn't make me feel real safe like what's going down like should i be you know like finding shelter right now what's happening versus like really getting at the root of you know what what are we feeling un fearful of like what is the actual source of and root of fear and sense of unsafety is it stemming from just you know not having enough food like food uh what's that word scarcity yeah 
food security? Like, is it a lack of food security? Like, what what is it that's creating uh, just a sense of like fear or not having safety? And so, like, I mm-hmm. looked at that from like a more like a school perspective. Like, how did how do us like people educators think about safety for our children? Do we think about it as a reactive way to address it or a proactive way to address it from a restorative justice perspective? And so, obviously, I advocate a more restorative disciplinary and judicial system because it actually gets to the root of like why people become victims, like, and what would alleviate that victim from, um, from whatever tragedy happened, like to feel better, like, like Mm -hmm. focusing on the victim rather than the offender as like the true victim. Right. Because that's, who's the true victim, the actual person that got, that the crime injustice too yeah exactly and so but instead we just get so focused on like what they what was done like the perpetrator and mm-hmm. how we must make them like pay for what they did either with their lives or you know max sentencing or whatever where where when instead we could be looking at very proactive ways of like addressing their crime still you know but like that is actually benefiting society in some way or even that family that was afflicted by that crime you know and you know there's been models of restorative justice all the way from like someone who killed a family member of another family and like um you know paying restitution through their incarceration and meeting and apologizing and just kind of getting to you know the humanity mm-hmm. of like why this happened and you yeah. know is that the story where like the dude like you like you just you killed our main breadwinner so like now like for the rest of your life like financially support us yeah i mean the, i mean there, i'm sure there's like various examples of one it. story of that yeah, yeah. but i like i might have been that one but either way like you that person needs to pay off to the actual victims like some yeah. kind of restitution and like and then asking the victims themselves, like, yo, what would actually make you feel better right now? What could make this you know, better? What would make this better? If we actually had implemented that, you know, we we could actually get to the root of, like, why so many black lives are being lost. Like, the fact yeah. that, like, dude, dude, like, you were prejudiced against us. Like, what would make me feel better is if you freaking fix the system because yeah. it's mad skewed against yeah. us. Okay, let's look into that, you know? Yeah. That was the Red Couch Podcast. Hey, go on iTunes. Subscribe. Get it. Yes. Everywhere you find relevant, you'll figure out where to subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Anywhere you like podcasts, you can do it. It's but, very easy. But, but like, I think it's like 73% of all podcasts are listened to through iTunes. Yeah. And no, so, I was saying like all of the relevant feeds, anywhere you oh, interact sure, sure. with relevant, you'll find the red couch. And they're yeah, all, yeah, absolutely. All uh, if you go over to iTunes and subscribe there, it obviously pushes it up the charts. If you, re- you know, leave a review, it helps other people find it and get that content more visible. Uh, so go, go check it out at iTunes yes. today. Listening to Goldmith. The song is Lover's Letdown. That's my high school nickname. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but I brought you to the movies. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I brought you to see the little rascals in 3D. I sprung for IMAX. I saw you close your eyes. I saw you. I mean, technically, you brought me, but still. <laughs> <laughs> My mom is And gonna... I borrowed the 17 from you, expecting to pay it back. We'll let the courts decide. <laughs> Lovers let I down. I submit to you, President Rock. Gold myth. Gold myth. Lovers let down. There you go. Okay, well, it's time for your feedback. Um, uh, last week, the question of the week, we asked you, it's summer, you know, it's, it's uh, people are, you know, college kids are getting out of school, uh, people with kids, uh, they're getting out of school, and people are thinking about summer vacation plans. Uh, we wanted to know your best or funniest or weirdest vacation stories. You guys went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com, posted them there. You also hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. Here are a few of our favorites. Katie McDonald said <laughs> that her parents, uh, she was being disobedient. And so for punishment, <laughs> her parents sent her on a month-long mission trip to Scotland. So as a disobedient child, they felt like the best thing they could do is force her to become a missionary for a month. Uh, she immediately refused to learn this four spiritual laws, and she had to do dish duty the entire trip. So uh, <laughs> it, it just forcing someone into missions work because they they're not behaving well. Seems ill-advised, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't turn out for a great vacation. <laughs> Go minister to others. Uh, Adam White said that uh, on a vacation to Greece, his family attended a Greek Orthodox church service uh, with the grandmother who was hosting us. Upon entering the church, the grandmother promptly kissed the picture of Jesus, uh, which is evidently, you know, something that she did there. As do. an impressionable eight-year-old, uh, young Adam followed suit, much to the hilarity of his very evangelical family. So uh, Josh wrote that uh, when he was 10, he got one of those triptychs. You know, remember yeah, what those yeah, are? Yeah. Man, I love those. AAA, you'd go in. Yeah. He said he got his like mail order, but you used to go in and there would be this wall yeah. of little tiny map segments. And you'd say, I'm driving from, you know, Tampa, Florida to Atlanta. Yeah. And they would. Just, well, you get on 75 and just go. You don't have, you don't that's, need a trip ticket. That's for that. what they would say to you. Yeah. They yeah. would just look at you and go, like, I'm not on. pulling There's maps. one road that connects these two cities directly. But they would pull maps. <laughs> From all they over, would, put and they put together. it in a little binder, binder like a and little, then they would stamp. They yeah. just knew it. They would yeah. say like, "Lots of traffic here, construction here." It was yeah, like, and they would like they would take a yellow highlighter and highlight the route, and then yeah, you know, like cool. so you. Oh. Knew, yeah, it was. Uh, and when you were in the car, bored as a kid, you would just flip it to the next one, and then you could unfold it and read all about the segment like of the map. Stops and things to do, restaurants or AAA approved motels. Josh said, well, one summer when I was 10 years old, my grandfather and I drove from Connecticut to a massive air show in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, which if you know anything about Oshkosh, Wisconsin, you know that the air show is massive. It's a brew. Can I, can I say that I went to Oshkosh one time and it is a lovely town. I seriously was like, shocked. <laughs> everybody nice wears Oshkosh the cutest overalls. It's <laughs> just, you get a free pair of overalls. Just uh, from, you know, they're about, going they're through. about 15 sizes too small, but, yeah, but they're very nice. Darn it. If they're not cute, <laughs> they come with a little slingshot in the back pocket. It is adorable. <laughs> so Josh's grandfather is driving and Josh at uh, 10 year old. Josh was right. Reading him the triptych, except that when we were approaching, in Detroit and the triptych drove us into a questionable downtown neighborhood. My grandfather stopped to ask for directions at a gas station and told the gas station attendant that it was my fault. So grand oh. grandfather, who sounds just like a gem of a man, is <laughs> said, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry, Josh, to disparage what must be your dead grandfather, but uh, at 10 years old, he's throwing sweet little Josh under the bus. And the gas attendant then agreed with him. So Josh at 10 is on his way to a oh. massive air show. Public at Oshkosh. 
and just yeah. gets publicly shamed, shamed in front of a gas station attendant. <laughs> My goodness. No one thought to blame in Detroit. The, no one thought to blame the triptych. Needless to say, I have and will never buy a AAA membership. Thanks, AAA. You made me a Waze user for life. So Josh is still going through a lot of pain. And I just want to say to Josh, we hear you. Yeah. We are with you. We feel like the pain that you're hurting, and we see you. Yeah, we see I you. I don't know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Maybe not. not. He didn't, did, did he read the triptych directions I mean, correctly? I, I, I still think Grandpa was teaching him a valuable lesson. And he is 10. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe, he, maybe, my, maybe my grandpa, you know, you could be an adult in the situation and just double check that maybe the 10 year old isn't a, yeah. a, a navigator. Russell had Russell had one that's unrelated to the question week, but I feel that I should address. He thinks he's found a co-host or excellent host for our unicycle podcast, the Unicast that we've discussed last week. Right. Uh, um, he found a gentleman named Don B who rides unicycles professionally as well as juggles, does magic and spins plate. He wants open for Toby Mac. Oh. Uh, and I just he left a, a link oh. to Don B's Facebook page, and his cover photo is Mister B uh, with two holding two oranges over his eyes, making a hilarious face with one orange shoved under his chin. I'm in. I'm in, Russell. <laughs> you can imagine, me with Don. You and let's get this thing off. You the pack ground. up the youth group in the van. You get the trip tick out. You're going on. Don, you're going to the big Toby Mac show. All the, the kids are excited. And then you show up, and a dude in a unicycle is the opening act. Yeah, and you're like, "Well, this is way better than I thought." <laughs> I love this. This is way better than X29. Yeah, or whatever. And, the and Toby's just, generic Christian opening band would have been great. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I regret to inform you that I've dug a little bit into Don B's Facebook. I've gone pretty deep. And, and all of, of and here. all of your accountability alerts have been <laughs> yeah. going on off. <laughs> My, this is. I, I think I think Mr. B looks like a really a really kind person. He's obviously got a lot of talent. There is a photo of him in a car in which I can only. This is just literally true. He is the only non-clown in the car. <laughs> that is being everybody else is in full clown regalia and that feels like a red flag is he the is he like the designated driver like he's, he, not, he's not even driving he's My man don is the passenger in this situation oh, wow. hey guys can you pick me up on the way to the movie theater which means, which means the guy driving has gigantic oversized shoes which yeah, is not that doesn't seem safe seems yeah. like don's putting himself in a pretty day not only is he does he ride unicycles professionally but he's willing to put himself in obviously a very reckless situation in this van with the clown i would listen so. to that podcast where he told me this, the clown story a wild card <laughs> you think, do you think that toby just ran around him while he was juggling and told everybody like hey what's up stand up while he actually did the work of like, yo 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 what 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 yeah <laughs> just, so yeah, yeah so like just, he'd be like the hype man for yeah, don b don's like the talent and yeah toby's, and toby's like toby's running, the hype man running around yeah yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly uh, how it went. Just speaking of unicycles real quick, uh, this is an entryway into something I just need to throw out there and get y'all's feedback on. Uh, this weekend, I took my my family to a part of town that just sort of like had like a, a grand opening with a bunch of restaurants and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, as part of the festivities, they had a unicycler there. And so I was sitting there watching the unicycle, uh, enjoying him, uh, you know, riding around, watch, you know, taking notes and all that. And I noticed that one of the new restaurants that had opened is a like a fine dining restaurant. Uh, with Guy Fieri's name, it's Guy Fieri's Smokehouse. You got to get okay. there. Okay, it's it's this is a very large establishment. It was packed. It was Mother's Day, and the line was like around. It was out the door. People were dying to get in. I am thinking that I want to start protesting Guy Fieri's restaurant in my hometown and try to get this thing shut down. 
Uh, I my goal is to get on local news, and I am going to have posters that says that we don't want donkey sauce in our waters. We, you know, we don't want <laughs> we don't want Guy Fieri's presence here. My goal is to go out there and protest every evening just to see if I can get on the news to bring Guy Fieri's restaurant. He's not welcome here. I just think it's funny. I just think and very illuminating about the Virginia Beach culinary scene that you said then setting up your little your little thing yeah that it was a fine dining restaurant guy fieri's smokehouse <laughs> that's so what in i'm virginia saying beach, it was in it was in norfolk not virginia beach but it, it all is, that to say is, is I, looked at it, I looked at it i'm like well that looks like a nice that i mean i didn't go in but it, it this wasn't like well i picture guy fieri i'm picturing like you know cheeseburgers or or yeah, you know yeah. so you're saying it was actually a nice restaurant it was a nice, it was baffling to me and it doesn't belong. It doesn't belong here is what I'm trying to say. I agree with you. I agree with you that I want no part of this. And the only way is for me to organize and get protesters out there marching every night and see if we can drive them on out. Go to the next city. Not welcome here. I like that we were all pretty silent during that because it's not a bit. It's like, all right, well, I want to be on local news and I want them to like do the interview where I have protesters marching behind me and I explain our calls. That's my goal. And our goal is to get Fieri out of this town. Amy's par for the course. We, 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 I'll say this, this part of the country is not a fan of frosted tips any longer. (laughs) Jesse, I'm not sure when you came up with the line, no donkey sauce on our water. I'm not sure if that was on the fly or you had kind of had that in your pocket waiting, but it was very, very on. It's on a wharf. It's on a wharf. So very, very. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so there's an actual risk if there was a donkey sauce spill. If there yeah. was a spill, it would go into the. I, I just want to affirm that that was a very funny joke. Like, well, I thank would... you. I mean, we're, we're talking. We're talking like a, a health hazard here, in no, my we, opinion. We, one, no. one, you know, a, a barrel of that stuff falls off the pier. The the whole waterways. Yeah, it's a Boston Tea Party situation. It's it's dangerous. Yeah. Okay, and here's the other thing: is one of the world's largest largest naval bases is right down the water. You can see it. We're talking national security risk here. You want you want that you want those quantity of of donkey sauce next to a military a military institution? No, this is this is this is bad news. Diners, drive-ins, and dangerous. Get in there and swallow it all whole. Drink the ocean (laughs) until the donkey sauce is cleansed from it completely. (laughs) But there's only one solution to make sure that this donkey sauce doesn't end up in the water. Have the rock come down here, yes, and consume all of it in one sitting. (laughs) All right, uh, that'll do it for last week's feedback there's a lot more go check it out uh it's time for this week's editorial question of the week all right well you know we we spent quite a bit of time talking about our inevitable future president um (laughs) the rock and 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 his probable platform about trying to bring health and and whey protein to america's waterways and stuff um we want to know what (laughs) other completely unqualified celebrities you could see as potential future presidents uh like that would ever happen and and also what uh what platforms you would see them running on uh so hit us up on twitter at relevant podcast or you can uh uh, post your more robust replies on the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. But I will so, not read those because they're so boring. So future future pre- unqualified celebrity presidential candidates, running mates, and platforms. That's what we Give want. Give it all that, to us. That shouldn't be taken to mean that we think The Rock is unqualified, by Correct. the way. No. That is not the official stance of this podcast, no, or at least not of all the numbers is, on it. He is Reagan-esque. He is overqualified. That's his problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He would be too good a president. Right. 
Like we can't <laughs> handle him. Think that's the danger is that he would be too good at the job. I think, I think if there's a way that by the time he's ready to enter politics, if we could just make him president of the world or, yeah. or King, King rock or something. Yeah, yeah. I think he needs to be handling more than one country. It's like, thing. we want the rock, but we deserve John Cena. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, like, that's true. the world we live in right now. Yeah. That's a whole podcast to itself. You know, his, uh, his, his health <laughs> initiative, his health campaign, when he acquires the, or dismantles the FDA, it's already gotten a its slogan. It's it's written. Uh, do you smell what the rock is cooking? It's done. It's done. It is done. It's already yeah. there. Turning yeah. the FDA into a GNC. That yeah. was a really clever one. Yeah, he makes, one he makes a home cooked meal for every family in America every night of his presidency. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's my promise. That's, to how you. He, that's how he solves childhood obesity. Yeah. <laughs> he bought HelloFresh. He yeah. is HelloFresh. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever seen the, the, like in, in real talk, the rock one time released his like daily uh, diet. I the guy eats like 12 pounds of fish a day. You yeah. know, I mean, he, he's on a next level. I think we would become a very fish based economy. It would be like, a, it would be like a, a Jesus loaves and fishes situation. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Somehow his 12 pounds of fish is enough to feed the entire nation. Oh, now you're getting into Rob Bell territory. Be careful. <laughs> be careful. Cameron. You just wake up in the morning, sitting there by your bed. He leaves it at night like Santa Claus. <laughs> it's hand tied, a little handwritten note. Hey, Tyler, you do, you're doing great this week, buddy. Really proud of all the work you pulled up. Here's today's three meals. That's it. Yeah. It's simple as that. It's uh, weird at first. You get used to it. They do not say, uh, you know, hey, hey, uh, Aaron, um, maybe back off the lawsuit. Here's your fish. Yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. Uh, Advice. Well, I, there's only one solution because th- there's not enough fish in the sea t- for all of us to be on the rocks eating plan. I think he will bring in such a time of world peace because <laughs> who's going to mess going to mess with the rock? Right. He converts the Pentagon, the world's largest, one of the world's largest building, into a giant aquarium full of delicious tilapia. Well, I mean, and, and just, because we're living in peace and peaceful times, the, the, we, he recharters the Navy to go out and just acquire fishing boats. <laughs> they they turn into fish, fishing boats. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally love this whole idea. Yeah. I love his presidency and I love everything. And, I, and I like that when he leaves the food for you at night, each night, yeah. he writes you a little note, a little constructive, yeah. a little, you yeah. know, it's just, it helps guide you in right the day to day. He's, he is exhausted by the next day, but you know, a promise is a promise. He's not exhausted. He still makes his 6 a.m. shoot every morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Make America jacked again. <laughs> Hello, fresh. That's their campaign buttons. Just All right. Many thanks to our show sponsors for making this episode possible. Uh, remember, you can start your free trial today at squarespace.com and enter offer code relevant to get 10% off your first purchase. Also, if you have a job to post, go over to ziprecruiter.com slash relevant to try it out for free. You'll be surprised how many candidates you get. I, I can tell Shocked. you. Shocked. Shocked. Like, like, get ready. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, also, thanks to our guests for joining us. Uh, Rob Bell's new book is called What is the Bible? And it is out now. Uh, go check that out and also check out the feature that we have with him um, in the new issue of Relevant. Uh, you can also read that online if you go. I was, I was watching the live analytics last night and like 60% of the people at our site yesterday and when I was looking at the live analytics were reading the Rob Bell article from the magazine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make sure to also go over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to podcasts and subscribe to the Red Couch Podcast with Propaganda and Alma. It is available now and uh, I'd love to see it shoot up the charts. It's a great show. It is great. Hey, while you're there subscribing to Prop Show, if you like our show, leave us a review. It'll help people see it. And I didn't realize that all, I've learned a lot about all the iTunes rankings things lately. And uh, yeah. the uh, the reviews make a difference. It's interesting. Huge difference. Yeah. yeah. We have hundreds of them, but it's about the fresh reviews. Yeah, it's like an aggregated recipe. Yeah. 
It's yeah, it's about the 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 new activity around your show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. With that, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Eddie Koffeltz. John David Snavely. I'm Jesse Carey. <laughs> and I'm Tyler Huckabee. For uh, Chandler. Get better, buddy. And for Chad, I think. And, and for Chad. I just love that guy. We'll see you next week. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from The Relevant Podcast Network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe. You went to visit, she stopped you at the I feel like the main story is here. This poor millionaire is getting ripped off on avocados.